Ladies and germs, ladies and gentlemen, guys, 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 I know I say this every time. Hey guys, hello guys. Hey guys, no, I don't say hey guys, that's not me. What's up? It's your boy Samaj and you're listening to the Me I Am podcast. Season two, hashtag listening and learning. So without further ado, please welcome the iconic, clean icon legend. Oh no, bravo, Chelsea. Hello, everybody. So um, now that we have one, now that there is a Me I Am canceled podcast drinking game, we get to play it now because guess what? Today we have a very special guest, a very special episode. I have searched far and wide for this woman. She's hard to find. She's hard to get, but I got her. So I really need all of you to download the crap out of this episode because I don't know if it'll happen again. If I have it my way, it will happen again, but who's to say? So that's why, you know, you got to hold on to these moments when you have them. You got to live in the moment, got to have them. So this guest really needs no introduction. And actually she does because I understand, well, I don't understand. I'm learning that not everybody knows the people I know, even though in my head you all do, and I think you should, and you should. So I have today the iconic, clean icon legend, as our good friend Danny Pellegrino would say. Queen Icon Legend. I've got the one, the only. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> oh no, bravo. Hi, Chelsea. <laughs> Hi, what an introduction. My goodness. I feel like I'm the queen of England. I will 100% come back. You know, I love you. I'm so excited for this podcast venture. And I'm excited that you made me read my first book of the year. And I feel like so smart right now. <laughs> I love that you say that because I felt the opposite effect. I feel like I lost some brain cells reading this book, but that's okay too. Not everyone needs every single brain cell. Let let them go. You know, if you love something, you got to let it go. So that's okay too. Um, all right. So really quick, do you want to tell uh, the girls about yourself? Let's get this started. Sure. Oh, no, bravo. Yeah. So you can follow me at Ono Bravo on Instagram or on Patreon, patreon.com slash Ono Bravo. I do weekly recaps of shows over there with my sister-in-law, a lot of bonus episodes. I have an episode out with Samaj from way back in the day, but I definitely need to have him back. He will be back at some point this month just to shoot the shit. But I do Instagram lives on Friday nights at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. The comments section is insane. Samaj is always there holding it down. And yeah, that's just, you can, if you like chaos, I'm I'm the person to come to because I am consistently the most inconsistent Bravo page on the interwebs at the moment. <laughs> and one of my favorite Bravo pages, because when I was thinking about starting this podcast, I'm like, do I want it to be a Bravo podcast? I'm like, I could talk about Bravo. I do talk about Bravo. And I'm like, but I don't know if I can, if my candle is going to hold a flame to the candle that has been burning for the last two years <laughs> from <laughs> Bravo. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to leave it to the pros and I'm just going to be a schmo over here and I'll do my no, own thing. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there's definitely always room for everybody, but I feel like you really were thoughtful about this launch and figuring out what you wanted your brand to be. And in a way, I'm kind of jealous because I mean, my Instagram page is literally Oh No Bravo. And so I feel a little bit pigeonholed. I've started like branching out and that's what's been nice about my Patreon is I can cover other stuff too, because it's like, I want to cover all pop culture, all like right. random things that, you know, I've been doing my Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen mystery recap. Super with duper snooper. Love <laughs> so, it. Yeah. It's, it's smart. I think it's a smart move that you're like, I'm just going to talk about whatever I want to talk about. Yes. 
All right. So I guess we'll get started with this book, right? I mean, that's what we're here to talk about today. We posted both of our stories last night that we got each other to read a book. So I guess we'll talk about this book. <laughs> so the book that I chose for us to dive into was Gossip Girl, The Carlisles. So for those of you that don't know, our good sis, Cecily Von Zikasar, author of the original Gossip Girl series, is an author. And she has written probably, what, close to 100 books now. She's got Gossip Girl, the main series, the main line, which had, I think, about 12 books, um, an additional book spinoff, which we learned about in the later on the last page. We learned, you know, there's Gossip Girl psych- Cycle Killer, but there's like a prequel, there's a manga. All right, this girl's money stretches. That's why she's actually living in Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> and affording <Right>. the bills. <laughs> um, then she had the It Girl, which is a spinoff series, spin-off, spin-off book series where we take uh, little Jay, Jenny Humphrey from the original series, and we send her off to boarding school and we follow her life. And then, you know, I guess she thought, wow, these kids really like me. They just can't get enough. I'm going to give them one more Gossip Girl series. And that is how we got Gossip Girl, the Carlisles. So tell me, what were your first thoughts? So I'm going to admit a secret shame here, and I hope that you don't Mm. disconnect the call. I actually have never watched or read any Gossip Girl. It's kind of a pop culture blind spot for me, as Mm. Hannah A. Brown says. And so I was like a little bit concerned at first. I was like, I hope I can like jump into this universe without much knowledge. And the thing I liked about this book is yeah, they make like references here and there to the OG crew, but it really is an entirely different group of people, family, everything. And so I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. And now I'm like, okay, maybe I can like watch some Gossip Girl because I like this vibe. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's definitely its own vibe. So I'm glad you picked up on that. And yeah, so I really enjoyed the book myself. I've actually read it before, but it's been years. So it was almost like it was new all over again. Mm -hmm. So um, let me pull out my notes here. I took them for a reason. Um, let me see. What do I got here? Um, my printer didn't print. Okay, great. So (laughs) (laughs) is that's that showbiz baby. Okay. So, um, so our book opens in New York city, Upper East side, and we are now introduced to a whole new cast of characters. This is presumably a year after our OG crew has graduated. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing I want our audience to keep in mind, the essence of time, because time is a wacky, chaotic character in this book in itself. So when you hear all these stories, all these things we're going to go through, just keep in mind the timeline of it all and just how crazy it is. Like, literally, you would think this is, you know, like an event taking place over weeks and weeks, but literally it's actually one week. <laughs> so, <laughs> Which is so wild. I loved your DM to me today. That was like, why did it take me a month to read this book when they literally progress seven days throughout the entirety? I'm like, yeah, actually same. <laughs> it's crazy. And it just adds to the allure and the magic of the book. So actually going back to a DM, how did you feel when you got that DM two months ago, asking me, me asking you to start this journey. <laughs> and what convinced you to sign on? So I actually do love reading. I've like, as a child, I was such a weirdo. So I know that I talk about this all the time, but I'm just normalizing mental health. I have ADHD. Yes. And so a lot of people think that that means that like we cannot focus at all. But 
now I'm realizing like, as I've learned more and I've gotten, you know, now I've lived with this my whole life. One of the things of ADHD is hyper-focus, which means that you can like just zone in on something and nothing Mm -hmm. else exists in the world. So as a child, I used to read these books and I would be like dead to the world, just reading, reading, reading. It got to the point that my parents had to like set limits to me and I would like sneak books into the shower to read. (laughs) Like I was such a little nerd weirdo. And so this just brought me back because I've realized in the last, like, I don't know, definitely since having kids, but I would say since college, I really haven't been reading. And so when you slid into my DMs, I was like, you know what? I like reading. I'm going to do this. This is a like young adult literature novel. I'm not reading War and Peace here. Like I can totally handle this. No tall story. Now, like <laughs> fast forward a month when we were supposed to record and I was like, um, we need more haven't time. gotten to the, haven't gotten to the book yet. Just same. In. So yeah, I was glad that like this gave me, it was like a book club. It was like, it yes. gave me a reason to actually, you know, read a book. And I love that for you. Because it's important to read, guys. Education is important. Reading is important. Learning is important. Pick up a book. You have the time. I promise you. You really do. Mm-hmm. If this if this amazing run of an Instagram account, parent, worker, all the titles that Chelsea carries <laughs> can read this book, you can too. Don't give up. Don't be discouraged. Um, okay. So you kind of already answered your previous history with this book. So in the series. So what did you expect? First things first. First impression. Seeing the book. Seeing the title. Uh, also note guys, she actually picked up a copy. I am lazy and I have an e-copy. I have an e-reading this whole thing, but mm-hmm. so tell me what were your first impressions having it, holding it? I didn't really have any expectations or impressions. And so I have to say like immediately it kind of sucked me in. I like that it, it's a really easy read. I mean, it's intended for young adults. Like it, it's a, it's a, a very easy journey. And I liked all of the characters. I felt like all of the characters were it kind of gave me old school like Vanderpump Rules vibes of like they're all likable and they're all hateable. And like you find yourself rooting for somebody one scene and then the next chapter you're like, oh, this person sucks. You know what I mean? And it was fun. It was a fun read. Well, I'm glad you found it fun um, because I too really enjoyed going back into it. And I like how you said like Vanderpump Rules. It did read like a reality show. If it was a book, it read that way. So I'm Mm -hmm. glad you picked up on that. Okay, so now my next question for you is what did... No, I just asked that. I'm going to have to edit throughout all this. Literally, like I have the most chaotic recording process. So uh, just excuse me if you, if you hear me repeat something or stop. No, no, no. That's fine. And I do want to give the disclaimer, and I, you might want to keep this part in. If Ooh. you hear stomping upstairs or pterodactyl <laughs> screams, this is just my standard disclaimer that it's almost nap time in the Ono Bravo house. And ah. my toddler really likes to make her presence known anytime I record on a Saturday. So my apologies in advance. All good. All right, so let's roll into our characters. Speaking of our cast, our cast of characters. So we've got Avery, Owen, and Baby, the Carlisles, our main characters, our namesake, our, ty- our, titular, our titular characters. And they're like, you know, top tier. Then we have, you know, their friends. We've got Reese. Is it Rice or is it Reese? Um, I don't know. What do you I think? don't know. I started <laughs> like, I think I was switching in my mind. Let's say Reese, just because that's like, you know, a name that I feel like we're familiar with. All right. Yeah, right. Reese, Reese Riverspoon. Good catch. Good catch there. All right. So then we've got um, we've got Jack, who is our overachiever, who is, you know, almost like the Blair Waldorf X character. You know, she thinks she's the baddest bitch in the pet shop. You know, uh, she's got the attitude. She's a dancer and she's got a lot of family drama, which we'll learn about later. Then we move on to Kelsey, 
or Kat, who is the star of a very messy love triangle that we learn about later. Then we've got, after that, we've got J.P. Cashman, who is Jack's boyfriend, at least for now. <laughs> and then we have maybe the most important character of all, Gossip Girl, who knows everything. And she is our lens for the book into this world. And we've got some side characters too, like, you know, the triplets, mom, Edie, Avery Singer, who is Avery's grandmother, who has the <laughs> same name. <laughs> then we have our Dorit S character, Lady Sterling, because Gossip Girl tells us later on, you know, her accent can go from New York to Connecticut to mm-hmm. Britain. I'm like, oh, great. So we have Dorit here. It felt familiar. And I like that a lot. And she runs a TV show called Tea with Lady Stone. And she is Rice. Oh, she's, oh, oh my God. She's Reese's mom. Uh, <laughs> and then we have the other parents, Charles and Vivian, who are Jack's parents. We've got Dick and Tatiana, who are JP's parents. And then we have Jack's clique, Jiffy, Genevieve, and Sarah Jane. And then we have Sydney, our academic lesbian, Tom, baby stoner boyfriend back home, and Kendra, who is also involved in another messy triangle. So right off the bat, within like our first few chapters, can we say chapters? Because there weren't really chapters. Uh, what characters did you gravitate to, uh, you know, like more readily than others? Like who, who were your first ones? Like, right, I like this girl. Yeah. So I really liked baby. Um, so I know that, I know that you have like a really, you're very organized. You have a nice outline and then I'm just going to like hit you with chaos. No, I, like I was that. playing a game where I was casting them in my head. Mm. Like if they were to make this TV show and I casted with like past and present, there's like different eras, but baby for me was like giving me Rory Gilmore vibes. But if mm. Rory Gilmore was like, more like Lorelai than Rory. So okay. I, I imagined Alexis in this role of she thinks that she's not as attractive as her sister, who I imagined Avery played by Ashley Benson. Mm, um, I like and that. I, I felt like she would think she's not attractive, but like she's clearly very pretty and people gravitate yes. towards her. So I really liked Baby's journey. I liked that she went from dating this stoner boy. She's living that Nantucket life and really yes. like being dragged to New York and high society kicking and screaming. I really literally like literally. (laughs) And then I really liked, um, I actually really liked Owen and Mm. like, I liked their friendship. I liked that love triangle. (laughs) I liked I I actually really liked all the characters. Um, I also liked JP and maybe you can help me out because he was Mm -hmm. one that I couldn't pass. I imagined Owen being Channing Tatum, but from the era of like, she's the man. Oh, okay. But who would you picture as JP? I couldn't nail him down. Yeah. So first thing that comes to mind, and I could be on, I could be off, but I would really like either Freddie Prince Jr. back in the day from She's All That, or I would like Chase from Zoe 101. Okay. Those are really good ones. Maybe with the haircut, but like the energy behind them, I think matches Reese. Because, uh, like, uh, my heart my heart, <laughs> my heart broke for that man the entire mm-hmm. book. So, yeah, I, I, think, I think, A, Reese is the star of the show. This mm-hmm. is actually all about Reese. Everyone just happens to be there. You know, um, the author, she wanted to be um, progressive, and she didn't want to make it, you know, the book Gossip Girl Reese. So that's why she did the Carlisle's. But, like, <laughs> I just... Because <laughs> I think at one point or another, we've all been a Reese. But... Mm-hmm. We will touch on his journey later, but the first journey we get on is literally just meeting everybody. So it, the book opens with us meeting the Carlisle triplets in, uh, in their new townhouse. They've just moved fresh out of Nantucket. 
Avery. She's so excited. You know, she's a girl. She's like, oh, Nantucket. You know, I've got bigger fish to fry. <laughs> I'm the fish that's like, you know, too small. Um, you know, this pond's not big enough for me. So she is like all about it. She loves New York. She loves like the energy, the fashion, the drama. Then we've got, you know, as the book describes, her bohemian sister, Baby, <laughs> who is literally hating every second of it, just clinging, like, you know, just yearning for that old life, wanting it back, doing everything in her power to, like, you know, hold on to it mentally, physically, because we open with her wearing uh, a Nant- uh, Nantucket High School sweatshirt, and her sister's like, are you going to change? <laughs> because she's like, uh, you need to, like, not do this. And then we meet Owen, our golden boy, who is described as tall, athletic, blonde, beautiful, and always wearing a Speedo. So <laughs> you see them all in their penthouse. Which I worry for his for his health in the nether regions, that he's always wearing a wet Speedo. Like, that is not hygienic. He needs to really maybe look at some other options. Right. I mean, yeast infection, hello. But, you know, <laughs> I guess the author didn't want to go there. I guess that was for us to imagine. So... <laughs> Which is fine, because, you know, it's good to leave things to the imagination. And this is, um, I believe I want to say, it's two days before the first day of school. And they're all, like, sitting on the balcony, you know, chopping it up with each other. And Avery's like, I'm so excited. Avery, you know, she's a type A personality. She's a straight A student. She wants everything to be perfect. She wants to be the best of the best. You know, she's like, you know, the ultimate tryhard. And (laughs) Baby, again, just couldn't give less of a fuck. And Owen's like, you know, he's just there. He's just along for the ride. So I like how we got that dynamic. Then we meet their mother, Edie, who's like, you know, the eccentric one. (laughs) I viewed her as um, Lily Tomlin as Grace in Grace and Frankie. That's how I imagined her. I like that. I like that a lot. And so, um, you know, since all three of them don't want to be there, their mom's like, oh, you know, guys, we should hang out. or We should start decorating this place. And literally all of a sudden, everyone has something to do. Avery is like, I need to go get a uniform from school. Baby's like, I'm going to go take a walk. Owen's like, I got to go pick up my swim stuff from the captain's house because they clearly they want nothing to do with their mother, which is which I find hilarious because they all come from this small town in Nantucket. And, you know, she was probably still the crazy mom there. So I love how the second they're in a new city, they're like, no, we're not embracing this. We want nothing to do with this. We are out of here, mom. Still, miles and miles away, they still don't like their mom. I love that for them. And <laughs> then we uh, follow them on their separate journeys. So first we've got Avery trying to, you know, really establish herself. So she goes to Barney's and she's like, you know, I should really treat myself to something here so I can feel like I belong. And what does she see? She sees a purse, a old leather satchel. I want to say like YSL bag or something limited edition, you know, never seen before. I do have to say that all of the fashion references were lost on me. Like I am definitely a like ASOS and Target gal. <laughs> so like when they were saying all of these name brands, I'm like, I know that this means something and I know that they're very wealthy, but like totally whoosh over my head. I'm like, okay, good for you. <laughs> if Beverly Hills was a book, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we see her in the store and um, and um, the sales lady who is described as like very old, prim, proper, astute, pointy nose. She's like, oh, that's a lovely bag, right? She's like, yes, and I'll take it. And this is where we have our first meeting of characters because we have Avery running into Jack, the current queen bee of the Upper East Side. And they literally get into a match because Jack is like, oh, you saved my purse, me. Thank you so much. And Avery is like, uh, I was here first. So we literally like watched him going back and forth, pulling this purse, this old lever purse between each other. 
Avery grabs it. You know, she's like, ha, I got it. Runs out the store, not realizing she didn't pay for it. Well, the store realized because two seconds later, we learned she's accosted by a group of security guards and the purse is snatched from her. And she feels just awful. She's like, oh, I was going to pay for it. I can come back. And Jack and the store clerk is like, well, listen, you thief. You ran out the store and you didn't pay. And Avery felt just awful. She's like, my life is over already. Day one and my life is already over. So were we supposed to think that she was trying to shoplift or was she truly just like, haha and like walked out of the store without realizing? Because I feel like she's not the type, like baby would be the one who's like, screw yes. you, I'm going to steal. So this was just honestly an honest mistake that makes her look like a klepto, right? Yes. She was just, you know, on a high of, you know, having literally snatched that purse out of Jack's hands. She literally forgot to pay. She thought, okay, uh, I got it. It's fine. They'll send me a bill later. They'll find me. It's New York. They have cameras. <laughs> <laughs> Such an innocent moment. Um, and speaking of innocent moments, we've got Owen going to pick up his swim uniform from the captain of the swim team, which we learned becomes his maybe unreluctantly, um, no, maybe reluctantly at first, his new best friend, mm -hmm. Rice. Is it Rice or is it Reese? That's probably the title of this episode. Is it Rice or is it Reese? <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, he's like, all right, I guess I got to do this. So he finds his house and he's greeted by our very own Dorit. AKA Lady Sterling. And mm -hmm. he's like, uh, is this blah, 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 blah? She's like, oh, yes, you must be here from my son. And she's like, Reese, I imagine, <laughs> I just imagine you <laughs> speaking that way. Reese, come down here. You'll have a friend at the door. So. <laughs> Please do the rest of this recap in Lady Sterling voice. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. My much a Lady Sterling voice. So, yeah, so we have the meeting of what becomes our two best buddies, our two our two guy friends and Reese is just so excited to have a friend because we learned Reese doesn't have many of those um, because immediately he gives Owen his swimsuit and he's like, Hey, I heard you're new in town. Do you want to go grab brunch? I hear Fred's is good. Just so eager. <laughs> and no one's like, Oh no. He's like, Um, no, uh, that's fine. So Reese was like, so happy, you know, he just gets very like, you know, puppy vibes. Like, you know, mm -hmm. he's a little lost puppy following everybody and anybody around. So we then learn that they go to uh, to a little, you know, like bagel stand. They grab they grab bagels, they grab beers, and they go sit in Central Park. And you know, Reese is like telling him, "Oh, you're gonna love it here. You know, the swim team's really good. I'm the captain." And he and he talks about uh, the love of his life, Kelsey. And Owen is just like not listening. He's drifting off to a place far away last summer, where he met a girl on a beach, and uh, she said her name was Cat. And they just instantly, you know, hit it off. And they ran into the lighthouse and they banged and they lost their virginity to each other. And I love how, the, and I love how the book literally says, you know, they spent a night of passionate lovemaking on the beach, running into the water when they got too hot to cool off. Like <laughs> <laughs> the descriptive language of this book, it really helped paint it a picture. I mean, like, were, were you able to set the scene in your own mind? Oh, this, the scene was set. It was very Sandy and Danny from Greece for me mm. that like they were too star-crossed lovers from different places and how is Kat to know that he would actually be moving to her hometown like they thought they would never see each other again and boom same city right I mean stranger things have happened and we definitely learn about that much later in the book and so you know as most friendship starts it can start with like you know a dare or you know a prank something stupid mm -hmm. so Reese goes hey I'd like to time you Owen you know you're gonna be joining my team and we're really good so would you mind jumping into this lake and you know just swimming really quickly across the pond I want to want to check your time so you know they did a little three two one 
Owen jumps in, you know, booking it through this nasty, muddy pond, only to look up and see that Reese never jumped in. Mm -hmm. And so that, you know, made Owen laugh. And that was when my favorite friendship of this book started. Yeah. I want to circle back. I know that Owen is supposed to be this really sexy character, but circling back to the wet Speedo he's always wearing, now he has straight up dirty pond water. (laughs) On the Speedo. Like, I really hope, I know that they're very wealthy. I'm sure that they have a maid or a dry cleaning situation, but like, I really hope that his undergarments are, in fact, being thoroughly washed. Which the author suggests that they're not because he says <laughs> he has a lucky Speedo. And, oh, it, and I think yeah. we have to believe that it's this one Speedo that is just traveling its way throughout mm-hmm. all 290 pages of this book, <laughs> which, as we know, we need to find a doctor for this man ASAP. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And (laughs) we have now set the stage all before leading up to the first day of school. So we get to the first day of school. Avery is happy as can be, so eager, so excited. Baby is just like, why am I here? Where's Tom? Where's Nantucket? Where's the beach? Like, let me go. And Owen goes to the boys' prep school. But in Constance Billard, which is the school that our OG cast, you know, OG Gotham Girl went to, it's the first day of school. We have our same headmistress, Miss McLean. Some some like familiar faces, and it takes us right to French class, where <laughs> where 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 our new foes meet up once again. Jack and Avery. Avery, you know, just like in any school movie, they always show it's the first day of school. I'm the new kid. Where do I sit? So we see her like kind of scrambling around the room, and there's one seat left. And Jack comes in, and she's like, "Oh, you stole my bag, and you stole my seat. Get the fuck up." I mean, <laughs> have you have you ever had that experience? <laughs> You know, I was never one to be fighting for the first row spot in the classroom, so I can't say that I related. I find it really funny that in this universe, we have this juxtaposition where I guess like kids are just like allowed to party and drink. It's like pretty open. Like everybody's just smoking cigarettes and openly drinking in front of adults. It's like fine. But then in the same vein, it's like also the most popular girl in school is also like the nerdiest like the most high achieving type A person that wants like the front and center desk in the French class. It's just like a very funny, like, I guess that can only exist in this type of like Upper East Side school of like just competition and overachieving. I was going to say to that point, that's actually, that actually reads very New York. Like that's actually like a very New York thing. Like the kids, like, you know, they're like adults, like, you know, all the kids are like many adults. So yeah, like, you know, straight A's on every team and every club, but yeah, because it's New York, you know, like these kids are rich, first of all, Mm -hmm. you know, no, no one's really going to tell them no. And so yeah, you're you're living adult lives at the age of like, you know, 16, 17, as we saw on Bravo hit TV series, NYC prep. Right. Exactly. So I like that you picked up on that. And we have our first group interaction, Avery, baby, and Jack. And so they're in French class. So this part I did not particularly enjoy because I did not take French. I took Spanish. (laughs) So I was like, I can't read these words. But (laughs) I didn't need to because we learned very quickly that Baby picks up on the hostility and tension between her sister and Jack. And being the good sister she is, she's like, oh, that girl's a bitch. She says it in French. And the teacher's like, excuse me? Excuse moi I mean, I I think that's French, but I don't know. And she's like, oh, I didn't say anything, bitch. I mean, like, baby is just, like, stirring the pot the whole way through. So much so she gets kicked out of the classroom, which I love, because she did it for her sister. So Mm -hmm. that, I really appreciate it. 
Yeah, they talk about how small Baby is and the fact that her name, you know, you you feel for Baby because her name literally comes from the fact that they were like, oh, wow, it's not twins, it's triplets. We didn't come up with a name. You're the baby of the family. There you go. But she might be small and the baby of the family, but she gives major big dick energy. Yes. And the fact that she's like insulting this girl in perfect French is just such a vibe. And I was like, you go, baby. Baby is truly one of the, <coughs> baby is truly the unsung hero of this entire yes. ensemble. Okay. So then we've got her going to sit down to the principal's office and she basically tells the principal to fuck off too. Because mm-hmm. Miss McLean, she's like, this school, this school is a very prestigious academy. We do not behave certain ways here. Like the way you are behaving in class, this will not do. And baby's like, right, well, you can look back on yourself. And she's like, okay, well, you can do some extracurriculars after school for a month, and that should satisfy your punishment. Mm-hmm. And she's like, but remember, three strikes and you're out. Baby's like, oh, great, that makes sense. This will be easy. I'll be back home in Nantucket by Friday. Another another reference to the time of it all. It's Monday. <laughs> He's already planning to be kicked out by Friday, right. which I love to see. Okay, so then we go to the other side of the channel, and we go to Riverside Prep, where our boys are at. And it is Owen's first day of school as well. And he's in the hallway and he runs into my fave, your fave. Is it Rice or is it Reese? Reese. And he's like, oh, hey, man, it's so great to see you. And he's like, oh, he's like, uh, you seem to be in a pretty good mood, Owen Cerise. And he's like, oh, well, you know, my girlfriend is, you know, back. We didn't see each other a lot this summer. And I'm really excited to connect with her. And he gives him like a wink. He's like, oh, okay, you guys are going to do it. And he's like, yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be so great. Uh, <laughs> and all of a sudden, lo and behold, here she comes. And he's like, babe, oh, my God. And this, he's like, this is my new friend, Owen. And then we have a problem. Do you want to walk us through the problem that we have when everyone meets up for the first time? Well, it appears that Kelsey, Reese or Rice's girlfriend, has a pseudonym. And she is actually, in fact, the same cat from the summer and the sweaty sex and the beach. So Owen is like, oh, shit. Hey, cat. Like, (laughs) And she just... I feel like she actually... So for me, I pictured cat slash Kelsey as Summer from the OC. Mm. I felt like she was like a pretty, you know, she like, I think that maybe we'll learn to like her. For me, she was the least fleshed out character of the book just because she kind of only served to be the point of tension between these two great best friends. But I felt like she played it pretty cool because she's like, oh, nice to meet you, Owen. No, I don't know you. And I was like, oh, damn, this is going to be bad. She actually gave me Chelsea from Southern Charm Vibes. Just like maybe like a younger oh, version. Oh, that's that's a what call. I pictured. Cause like, you know how to describe like, you know, the Auburn hair True. and like the kind of like, you know, laid back, relaxed kind of attitude. It gave that's me a good Kelsey one. Southern Charm. That's a really good one. And so, yeah. So Owen is immediately shook and Kat's like, oh, um, I don't know. I don't think we've ever met before. Hi, I'm Kelsey. Nice to meet you. Given the old, okay, yeah, like we're not doing this right now. Which really took me by surprise because I just imagine for some reason Owen being very direct. Like, I don't think he'd be the one to like kind of mince words, but you know, he realizes I don't have a lot of guy friends. And and this Reese kid, he's really nice. He likes me definitely, maybe more than I like him. And so he's like, I'm really not in a position to lose friends. So he just goes along with it. But his heart is like breaking. He's like, This is the girl I lost my virginity to. Like, what do you mean? Nice to meet you. Um, I met you already <laughs> on the beach last summer in Nantucket. So um, we just had to sit through this lovely, awkward scene. And it gets more awkward because later that night, 
we learned that Reese thinks tonight is the night because Kelsey's coming over. She's like, we need to talk. And he's like, oh, we need to talk. So <laughs> I love how, again, the author being so descriptive tells us that he puts roses out, candles lit in his room, and he turns on Snow Patrol. Who knew that Snow Patrol was a soundtrack of deflowering? <laughs> I, I actually laughed out loud when I read that because it just was such a moment in time. Like, I know um, <clears throat> I don't want to age myself. I'm a bit older than you, Samaj. <laughs> and Snow Patrol actually low-key was the soundtrack of mm. deflowering in, in, someone's, wow. uh, in someone's life. I won't Not say yours. who. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That is really great. So not to give too much away, because guys, I actually do want you to read the book. Because again, if I have it my way, this will be a series. There are four books in this series. So if I have it my way, you'll all listen to this. You'll be like, Samaj, book two, bring back Chelsea. Let's go. So just to move <laughs> along and not give away everything. One thing I want to focus on is um, an overarching theme, which is the quest for power. It seems like everyone here is on a journey to get something from someone. Mm-hmm. And that reads, again, very New York, very social climber, very, you know, um, a very teenager because when you're a teenager the smallest things is everything to you you know you failing that test you know that that girl cheating on you that guy picking you for someone else all those small things in the grand scheme of life that is everything to you in that moment so i love how like we really do focus on the quest for power specifically avery's she tries so hard to work her way to the top you know she tried to start with you know buying the right buying, buying the right bag you know looking the part she made sure her uniform for school was perfectly pressed and crimped she tried to sit in the front of the class to um you know be the star student and then in the assembly she hears it's time you know to put in your votes for student government and she immediately launches the whole campaign she goes out and buys teacups she's basically doing the whole in- influencer package you know, like, like, you know, <laughs> just to get herself votes. And it seems like as much as she tries, she just can't win. So Chelsea, my question for you is, what do you think of Avery and her journey to be the queen bee? I found it strangely endearing. I think I, I think that I underestimated her or maybe overestimated her. I don't know. I did something with her in the beginning of the book. I was almost expecting when I heard her description of this like beautiful blonde Barbie girl yes, um, and just her obsession with her grandmother, who was this socialite. I was kind of more picturing a Regina George type, but mm. in actuality, Avery is really kind of naive and she kind of romanticizes this life that she wants to be a part of. And she's very sweet and almost like unaware of some of the darker sides of this high society. So I really liked her attempts and then subsequent failures at becoming the queen bee and kind of overtaking Jack. Because it's kind of funny that even when, and I'm not going to give away spoilers, but even when she kind of stumbles onto some things where she could really use it and kind of blackmail people. She mm-hmm. almost doesn't even realize the power she has. And she wants to do it in this wholesome way where she's just like, as you said, giving out the influencer package and sending yes. her, her swag bags to everybody. You know what I mean? Yes. And it's just fun to watch because we really do see that innocence shine through. Cause like, yeah, you're right. There are several points in this book where she, uh, comes into some information or, you know, realizes some things about people. And she, if she wanted to, she could have took it and ran, which I think baby might have because baby, mm-hmm. you know, she's like a little bit of like a little fucker and she would, <laughs> she'd be like, Oh, well, you know, tell that to your mom who just got divorced last week. So right. you totally been a one. So I do like that you were able to pick up on the innocence of Avery, like, you know, mm-hmm. how showing that we can still have good. Whereas with Jack, we see all that darkness up front and center. 
It's yeah. almost, it almost kind of reads like Stasi and Kristen a little bit. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So moving on to Jack then, we see Avery clamoring to get all the power and, you know, potentially like, you know, have it all and succeed. Meanwhile, we watch Jack lose everything. So one thing that I liked about Jack is how she is, how like she owns her bitchiness. She lives mm-hmm. in it. She's not afraid of like, you know what? I am a bitch. Um, but we also watch her struggle too. You know, she has dreams and hopes of being a dancer, but she also loves croissants and pastries. Trigger warning, y'all. Uh, because uh, it's a sign of a times, you know, it was definitely written during the time of like, you know, like the bloggers, the bloggers mm-hmm. and the gossip magazine. So, you know, we're like, we're reading. She's like, you know, um, I ate those croissants and I shouldn't have because you like now I feel like, you know, I'm getting getting a little fat. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, there's a little bit like, you know, like weight shaming, fat shaming. But again, par for the course at the time the book was written. So, yeah, you know, and Jack kind of gets in her own way because we learn later that her dad is kind of funding this whole family mm-hmm. as most as as uh, as most dads do in, the, in in these types of situations and he's like well jack you like you know you get upset and you quit everything you know you were a dancer and then you quit that uh you're supposed to be like you know the student government leader and you and you, and you gave up on that you're supposed to you know like apply yourself and learn the value of a dollar you didn't do that and jack is like well why me she's like you know i should i should have everything i deserve it so i really enjoyed watching her kind of getting her own way so much to where like everything she tried to have, it just unraveled like mm-hmm. in, uh, instances after instance, like, you know, losing JP, uh, losing to um, Avery in a competition that we learn about later. Uh, and basically just uh, losing her grip, lo- losing her home, literally being forced out of her house <laughs> into the attic. I mean, like I just felt so bad for Jack, even though I know I shouldn't, cause you know, she's outwardly like, you know, the villain, the bitch of the story. Yeah. It's um so this is going to be a very niche reference but this goes back to another book that I read over the summer of the Hunger Games the most recent Hunger Games book that tells the backstory of President Snow and that mm. he grew up actually pre- which I recommend that's a really good book too okay. um another like young adult quick read I think I read it in like 2 days um mm. on vacation but it tells the story of he has this quest for power and outwardly everybody would assume that he comes from this name and he become like he's part of this prestigious family but behind the scenes his family's really struggling and it mm. and you feel for him even though you know he's supposed to be the villain and that's kind of what i got with jack of she's obviously the villain and she's obviously the one who, like you said, is getting in her own way and really causing her own problems with her bitchiness. But you do, in a weird way, start to feel for her. And I get the sense that as the series progresses, she might actually become one of my favorite characters. Because you know, in like in reality TV and in yes. literature, I love myself a villain and a chaotic <laughs> character. And she's like giving me all of that. She would be the villain on the reality show that, that yes. is super polarizing and that I would be like riding for. <laughs> she, I, I think she would literally be the Kristen Doty character. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, just chaos. Yes. And then you've got, you know, juxtaposing that her sweet boyfriend, JP, who is the opposite of what you think of your typical Upper East Side prep boy. He's -hmm. like nice. He's shy. He's actually a little quirky from the way he dresses and how he like, you know, wants to be a good, you know, like uh, what's what's the word here? I don't want to say dog dad because they're not really his dogs. Like, you know, like he tries and he wants to care about people. Meanwhile, you know, society would show he really doesn't have to. So how did you feel about the relationship? 
So I love JP. He gave me big Seth Cohen from the OC Ooh. vibes, like quirky and nerdy. And upon first glance, he comes from all this privilege, but yes. he's actually super sweet. I felt like I really liked JP in general. I liked learning more about him and that in a weird way, he is very similar to baby, but just coming from two different backgrounds of like, they both are drumming or dancing to the beat of their own drum. It's just that his looks a little bit different because he literally comes from one of the wealthiest families. Literally. Uh, it's described as, um, I want to say the Cashman compound. Like mm-hmm. we, 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 we are learning that his father, Dick Cashman is like your typical, like, you know, like old school, like eighties rich guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he tells people to call him Dick and, uh, he refers to the dogs as the bitches <laughs> and he's got, you know, the Russian kind of mail order bride of a wife, his mom, uh, JP's mom, Tatiana. <laughs> yeah. I imagined, um, Dick to be the dad from One Tree Hill. You know, that actor who plays that like super wealthy kind of mm-hmm. assholeish dad and everything. That's how I was imagining him the whole time. Absolutely. And I loved it. Like, you know, it's got like a voice like, Hey, well, you know, I was reading the trades today and, uh, <laughs> yeah. we're doing, we're doing, we're doing good in Dallas over there. <laughs> so yeah. I really enjoyed, uh, anytime we were at the Cashman home. Totally. It felt very familiar in that, like, this is a rich family, but, mm-hmm. you know, it sounds like, I'm not like that. Um, so I really, exactly. I'm not like that, but I will take my chopper to rescue you. Yes. Um, <laughs> mm, funny you say that. And last thing we'll touch on here for our overarching storylines is the journey we're taking on with Reese. So we see he's really just like, you know, a boy in love who's going to do anything and everything to get the girl back without realizing that, A, the person who sold the girl is right is right under his nose the whole time. Mm-hmm. And B, that, you know, at this point in time, she's just not that into you. So Rice's love journey. How did you feel about it? Was, was your heart breaking like mine the whole way through? Or were you like, all right, come on, kid, like wake up, get over yourself? So both. It was like so pathetic, but also, like you said, we've all been there. And so I just remember doing those things that I look back and I'm like, wow, that was like pretty psycho to just show up at that person's house or like, oh, you're just like casually. Oh, oops. I didn't know you'd be here, even though I know that you take this class. You know, I just, he was so sweet and it was so innocent and you could really feel for him that even as he takes these steps of like, okay, maybe I'll date somebody else and then she'll get jealous or like, maybe I'll do this. And, and also just the image that during this whole thing, the swim team has done this solidarity thing where yes. they're growing their facial hair until he like is over this heartbreak and get so some action yeah yeah so the 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 image of this man being so pathetic and in love and stalking this girl essentially with like terrible teenage <laughs> wispy whiskers was just like actually quite humorous it really was and Throughout points of the book, you know, we have check-ins with this with the swim team. The guys like, oh, come on, like I gotta get some. Like, <laughs> did you get a girl yet? Did you get laid? Did you get back in the game? <laughs> and the book's like, you know, they're all scratching their beards, they're all getting irritated. Right. So it just shows, you know, how fixed on Kelsey or Cat he really was, and how it really just ate him up inside every step mm-hmm. of the way. I mean, he totally. went as far as to, you know, get like, you know, basically like a Borat kind of seventies disguise, where like he <laughs> had like this fake mustache and a wig and like a. Uh, blue like you know like suit and he gave owen like a green suit and last question i'll leave before we start to wrap up here so the one question i have that kind of begs over all other questions is owen a good friend or is he just doing all this out of you know his own guilt like is he actually a good person is he cool or is he just you know going along for the ride because he feels like he has to 
I feel like at his core, he's a good person, but you mentioned the overarching theme of getting something from people. I felt like he was helping. It was always, there was always an underlying motive. And that motive is to get Reese or Rice over Kelsey Cat so that he could have her. It was never Mm. like, I want to support my friend through this breakup. It was like, I want to get him over this girl so then he's cool with me dating her. So she can get under me. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. (laughs) I see. Right. Because I wrestled with that because there were moments where like, you know, the author leads us to believe that, you know, Owen does feel bad and and Owen does want better for him. But then we always get back to, all right, so when can we hook up? Because there's that one point where we have emails. So that's when, you know, like mm-hmm. the guilt is real. When you're not texting the person, not calling, you're just emailing each other. Right. So, and every time the email came through, Owen's like, not right now, working on it. Almost mm-hmm. there, we'll be together soon. So that makes me think, I'm like, Owen, I'm like, are you actually just trash? And you're just like, not even <laughs> aware that your friend's heart is breaking right. every single day? Because he does have redeeming character traits. Like, obviously, we see him with his sisters. He's a very caring guy. But I think it speaks to the fact that he's never had any male friendships. And so I think he's always prioritized girls. And this is, like, his first attempt at, like, being like, no, bros over hoes. (laughs) Except that in this case, he's, like, also trying to secretly date the girl as well. He's the bro and the hoe. So (laughs) He is the hoe. (laughs) He's learning. Owen is learning. So... I'm looking forward to seeing how his journey plays out. I'm looking forward to see how Jack, you know, either gets her way or doesn't get her way. And I really do want Avery to win. And let's round this out with Baby's journey. So Baby is just like so stuck on Nantucket, holding on to it in every way, shape. She's always wearing her old Mm -hmm. sweater. She's calling her stoner boyfriend, Tom, every single day. She's looking for ways to get kicked out of his school by Friday so she can go back to him for the weekend as if she never left. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Anything about Baby's story that really stuck out to you or that you appreciate it? Um, I mean, like I said, she was my favorite. I liked her st- story arc the best. In my in my game of assigning people, I pictured her stoner boyfriend to be Dave Franco. Like, just mm. like this like stoner, cute guy that's from Nantucket that's kind of like objectively hot, but in this, and not saying Dave Franco, maybe more of a James Franco that's like objectively hot, but not a catch. Um but because because this is just a little tangent, I find it very interesting that we all know that James Franco was texting teenagers and like nobody yeah. cares about it. Isn't that so weird to you? Like nobody gives a shit. Mm-hmm. Isn't the power that- of a great white man. <laughs> um. Indeed. But no, but I really liked Baby's Journey and I felt like she had one of the most well-rounded character arcs for this first in the most honest. Yeah. I just felt, I just really vibed with her. I felt like in this situation, I would be the baby. You know what? Her Tom gives me Schwartz vibes. Ooh, that's a good one. (laughs) That is a really, okay. I changed my answer. Yes. Sure. It just read very Schwartz. Mm -hmm. And yeah. So I also related to baby because as you know, I've told this story to you probably a hundred times, but the last 10 years, I've been literally moving in and out of New York, Long Island, the DMV, back and forth. Right. So I totally get her feeling of like, you know, wanting that old life clinging to it, but realizing, you know, things are going to change because I learned myself. Yeah, all right, I thought, you know, all right, I'm on Long Island. I'm going to be here forever. Mm-hmm. Nope. Where does that happen? I'm back in Maryland. Or, you know, the first time I'm like, New York, I'm leaving. There's no way. And I left and I actually liked, you know, Maryland the first time around. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, you know what? It's time for a change. So it just reminded me like, you know, you have, you can't, as much as you might love a place or a person or thing, you can't really hold on to it because 
life is always going to be changing. I mean, perfect example. Would anyone have ever imagined that we'd all be home for over right. a year? Like, oh my God, no, never. It's crazy. But through all this, we have found each other. I mean, I, I might have never met you had we not been in this pepperoni pizza. But, you know, <laughs> it's just show, it, it just shows you that even though things are changing, go with it. Because you never know what you're going to find in that new life. Like, her story ends with her accepting, you know, her position in a way, uh, embracing mm-hmm. her current environment, and maybe trying some new things. So I love that journey. It was very relatable to me. It felt very yeah. personable. And it makes me excited for the future, whatever it is. Yeah, me too. Me too. I definitely, so I have to admit to you that after Mm -hmm. I finished the book yesterday, I immediately went on Amazon and ordered book two because I am invested in this world. So I know that you were going to ask, but I'm not even going to make you do that. I am asking you if I can come on to cover book two. Oh my God. Guys, so I don't know if you just heard, but Chelsea just asked me if she can come back <laughs> to continue this journey with me. And I am so, so, so pleased that she asked. And you will get my answer April 23rd, Friday at 7 p.m. on Clubhouse for my podcast premiere party hosted by Kate Casey. All of you, please come. Uh, if you have an iPhone, definitely get the app. If you don't have an invite, DM me. I will give you one. I have so many. And rounding it here with our last little set of questions. So what are your predictions for our cast of characters here? What do you want to see? What do you not want to see? What are you expecting next? Next week. Um, so I, yeah, next week, isn't that wild? I kind of expect baby to Loki have a rise to the top. Like mm. she's not going to mean to, but because she has that big dick energy, she's going to be the alpha without even meaning it. Like, I feel like she just gives off these cool vibes. We see at the end of the book that they, there are rumors swirling around her of like, Oh, like maybe she's a model. Maybe she's doing this. Like, I feel like she's just has that je ne sais quoi to to quote French that she speaks so well. Like she just has that it factor without even needing it. I do think we're going to see the Avery Jack dynamic continue. And the fact that Avery's really like not aware of Jack's bad intentions with her, which I think will Mm -hmm. be very interesting. And yeah, I'm just excited to see kind of where it all goes from here. I don't know what's going to happen with Owen and Kat. I feel like that's obviously going to bite him in the ass at some point. Our true love triangle. We actually have two love triangles. So it's Reese is a riser is a Reese, Owen, Kelsey, and Kat. And then our second love triangle, which we learn about as the story goes on, um, Jack and JP. So as we learn throughout the book, Jack is really losing grip on everything. Mm-hmm. And um, it's suggested to us that she might be even losing grip on her man, JP, too. And it might be because of a certain dog walker. More on that in the next episode. And I realized we forgot someone. We forgot, we forgot one character that we have to talk about really quickly. We forgot to talk about our queen icon legend, our literary lesbian, our, <laughs> our academic <laughs> bisexual. We have Miss Sydney, the one person who was Avery's friend when everyone in that school mm-hmm. couldn't give two fucks about her. How do you feel about Sydney, our literary res- lesbian and our queen of consent? Um, so I imagine Janice from Mean Girls for her. I liked the idea of her, but I'm hoping we get more of her in book two because I felt like she was a pretty flat character of just like, oh, she has piercings and she's a feminist. (laughs) But I feel like like the premise of her is very interesting. And I would like to learn more because we obviously in the mother daughter luncheon, we get to meet her mom. Who's this very like buttoned up woman. So I want to see like what her home life looks like and like learn more about her. 
Yes. And I love how, because she's so herself and doesn't want to conform, she immediately becomes the weird kid, the outcast mm-hmm. everyone, that everyone gossips about. And speaking of gossip, did you like having Gossip Girl as a lens to kind of tie things together for you? Or do you think the book could possibly work without her being in it, just a story on its own? I felt like it could work without Gossip Girl, but because it is in this universe, I found it fun. Like I liked the little in-between chapters that people are sending Gossip Girl emails now and she's responding and being snarky. So I, I appreciated it. I liked it. That is good. Okay, any final thoughts? No, just thanks for making me read a book. Like I said, even though it was a vapid, silly book, I still feel very smart. So thank you. I'm going to take this energy into the next book. So guys, I say all this to say, if you are bored with Bravo, if you are bored with the CW, if you're bored with VH, whatever you're watching, and you want that old feeling back, that vibe of like, you know, fresh faces, new people, and a role to get into, read this book. Because literally, this entire first book is only the first week. This mm-hmm. book starts on Friday, and it ends on Friday again. So it's a great read. It's really quick. It's really fun and entertaining. You'll have to find a whole new cast of characters to love. And you don't have to wait for, you know, next season, because the book is only four the series is only four books long and it's done. It's over. So like, you know, this is a journey you can take knowing you're going to be satisfied because there's an end to it. And I really appreciate our good friend, Oh No Bravo, AKA Chelsea here, strapping along for the ride. Again, tell us where we can find you. Tell us about that Patreon and anything else you want to say. I'm rambling. I'm just having so much fun. Like I can't. <laughs> this is so much fun. Yeah. So you can find me at Oh No Bravo on Instagram for Bravo content. I have been slipping in some other pop culture things there. The majority of my energy lately has been going to my Patreon. That's where I'm really trying to manifest some things. I'm trying to make some make some money off of it. But yes. if you feel so inclined, there are about 10 free episodes up there. So you can sort by free, dip your toes in the water before you make a commitment. I know that money is tight for people right now. Donnie from Real Donniewood and the Truly Anything podcast yes. and I have been partnering to cover old... <laughs> Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen Mysteries, which is just so chaotic and lighthearted. And they're 30-minute episodes, really, really palatable and funny to get through. He is hysterical. So go over there, check it out, dabble. And yeah, hopefully um, I'll find you over on my lives on Friday nights. The comment section is like so fun. Guys, I was literally rapping Nicki Minaj versus last night. So (laughs) it's definitely the place to be. And you can find me on the Twitter at SamajXCX. And on Instagram, now in two places. First one, at Samaj with an H, my main account. And then you can find me on the podcast account, Samaj Gets Cancelled. Use that hashtag. And you can continue that conversation there. Chelsea, thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Um, I should end this. Oh, wait. Actually, deleted scene for you. So this will probably be in the intro, but I'm just going to read this to you. I wrote us a little script here, but I forgot to start us with. I'll have my editor fixed it, but here we go. Hey, DMV dolls and divas, Samaj and Chelsea here at the harbor, and the harbor is heating up. The cherry blossoms are blooming, and the fishermen are pulling up crabs by the bushel, cracking them as fast as we can. <laughs> Get your lemon pepper, and you'll all be ready because it's going to be a wild and wicked season. I can smell it. You know, you love us, Gaither's girls. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> All right, so you guys know I have lived and gone through and experienced many, many errors in my life. Well, here's a new one that I'm so excited about. So, as you know, I'm very much so a man on the go, a man about town. And I'm sure you're wondering, how do I do it? How do I keep up? How do I stay awake? 
Well, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. And that secret is Proteus Brews. Yeah, Proteus Brews. So it is the cutest, chicest little coffee shop that I have found at the Proteus Bicycles Bike Shop. So yes, bikes and coffee, you can't get any chicer than that, right? But no, Proteus Brews is located inside the Proteus Bicycles Bike, bike Shop. They're open Tuesday through Sunday, and you can get handcrafted lattes, espresso drinks, hot chocolate, iced tea, coffee, you name it. All made by hand, all made to order. And you can even get fresh pastries from local bakeries. I mean, Proteus Bruce is just truly the chicest coffee shop around. And it helps keep me going Monday through Friday, seven days a week, around the clock, from the back in the middle to around again. Proteus Bruce is my friend. So hey, come visit. Come visit.